we heard this car horn honking and honking. And I was thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> and then when we looked around, this man had stopped. He was driving past and he'd round the window and said, congratulations. <laughs> You're listening to Guide to Brides, the wedding podcast. I'm Nikita from Team GFB. And if you're planning your wedding or helping someone who is, you're in the right place. Because I'll be discussing trends, practical planning tips, and more with the help of some special guests along the way. So let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Guide to Brides, the wedding podcast. My name is Nikita from Guide to Brides, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Jennifer Patrice. Hello. Jenny is here to talk to us all about making your wedding ceremony special. Um, And I will let Jenny tell you all about uh, what a celebrant is and what her role is in your day. And then we're gonna talk a bit more about the way you can make it even more memorable um, and make your guests talk about it for years and years to come. So Jenny, tell us, what is a celebrant? So being a celebrant is um, the person that does the marrying. Um, we are different from registrars in that we conduct a very personal service. So we take the client's love story and we turn it into their ceremony. And I always say that I want to give my couples the ceremony they feel they always wanted but never knew that they could have. Ah, oh, I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very memorable and meaningful experience. Yeah. Lovely. And in terms of being a celebrant, you said celebrants are different to registrars. Yes. How are they different? So we yet don't do the legal ceremony in England. In Scotland, some parts of Ireland and Jersey, celebrants do. But um, fingers crossed, it's out in the universe (laughs) and we will be able to do that pretty soon. The couple goes to the registrar, gives their intent of notice to marry, and then that's posted for 28 days. On the 29th day, then the couple can pick a date any time from a calendar year within that time to do their legal marriage. And then we do the big day. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So the, the legal bit can be a bit separate to yes, the big day. Yes, yes, Amazing. So yeah. tell me, I'm really interested to know, because you've done this for a long time now, yes. haven't you? How long have you done this for? So I qualified in 2017. And my first ceremony was the 24th of March, 2018. Oh, amazing. And they've now got a baby, baby Hazel. <laughs> so that's really good, yeah. So how do you advise couples look for a celebrant? So good directories, for instance, Guides for Brides, mm-hmm. Beyond Thank Weddings, you. Pride Guide. Um, look at directories like that. Also, make sure it's a reputable directory. So. If it is, then they'll have a wealth of suppliers on them. Um, contact your supplier, so if it's a celebrant, um, contact them, send an email, or some of them have contact forms, so send an email, then talk to us. I like to have a chat, as mm-hmm. you may have gathered. <laughs> Quite partial to a bit of talking. Um, and cream tea in a scone. Yes, <laughs> cream first. Jam next. <laughs> We're FYI. in disagreement on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I find that it's easier to have a chat than an email mm. because sometimes some of the nuances get lost in an email. Mm-hmm. But if we have a chat, then you can almost tell straight away if somebody's for you. So once we've had a chat and you've confirmed that you say you want to book me, mm-hmm. then I will send across a contract 
please, please, please ensure that all of your suppliers have contracts. Mm -hmm. Don't pay anybody any money unless you've got a contract in place. Very good advice. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, So I get you to sign a contract, sign a deposit to secure your date, and then we're off. Then we get to know each other. I learn your story. Sometimes you learn my story, (laughs) you know. Um, I learn your story and I'm able to write that story for the ceremony. So I give you homework. (laughs) You might not like it, but I give you homework. Um, What kind of homework? So I like to know who your family is Mm -hmm. because family um, can play a really important part in your ceremony. I'm one of those people that if you've got your parents and grandparents present, then I like them to take pride of place. Mm -hmm. So um, all of your guests will be seated first and then your parents and grandparents will be seated next so that they've got their time to shine, Mm -hmm. I like to say. Um, So once your guests have been seated, then they'll have their walk up the aisle, then I'll come and then whoever's coming after me whether that's the groom, bride, whoever it is, they'll come after me. It's important to add that you can still have a wedding party. Mm -hmm. So if you want a wedding party, however big that may be, you can still have them. You still can say your vows, as we discussed earlier. Mm. You still have an exchange of rings. You still sign a certificate. You know, all of these things that you think you may not be able to have, you can still have them. And we'll inject a bit of fun, a bit of emotion. You know, children are really good for upstaging us. So (laughs) include them if you want, you know. And yeah, it's a lovely, lovely thing. But then I'm biased. I'm biased, (laughs) very biased. And in terms of, you've touched on it, building relationships with the friends and family that are really important to the couple. Yeah. How do you go about doing that? So... I am very nosy. (laughs) I ask who is who. Um, Recently, I did a wedding. Never met this couple before in my life. Turns out I'm related to the groom's family. (laughs) So I always ask a lot of questions. Who's going to be in the wedding party, for instance? Have you got lots of siblings? Have you got um, friends that you've been friends with for years and years? I mean, my best friend, I've been friends with her since I was 11 years old. And so her three children are my godchildren. So find out little bits like that, you know. Will you, have you just had children? Are you having a blended ceremony? So you've both had children before and then you've got children together. A sand ceremony would be perfect for that. Mm. So a sand ceremony is where you have different colored sands for each person and then you pour that sand into a central vase and it makes a pattern you can keep that forever so these are the sort of things that we want to know so we can build it in for you amazing yeah it's always good to be nosy to find out all these things so how do you advise couples uh communicate with their celebrants so i've i've done my research i've gone on guys for brides i've had a phone call with you we've had our interview and now it's like right we're going to do this how how do you then plan their ceremony how do they communicate all of their wants with you so i'm 
really, really flexible. And I think it comes from a background of being a PA. Mm -hmm. So secretly I'm a control freak. Don't say <laughs> I said, but secretly I am. So you can reach me by phone. I set up a WhatsApp group between the three of us. You can email me. My DMs are open. During the pandemic, it was really funny because I would wake up at two, three o'clock in the morning with lots of things going on in my head. Maybe Alison had given the latest guidelines about the pandemic from the Weddings Task Force and it would be going around in my head. So I would go on Instagram at 3 a.m., put it all out there for my clients. Or I'd reply to my clients' emails. If you want to contact me, it doesn't matter what time it is, call me, WhatsApp me, email me, I'll answer. I don't mind. I'm pretty open. <laughs> very, know. very flexible. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's not the same for everybody, no. right? Everybody has their own way of working. But I find that planning a wedding is important. And if your couple asks you a question, they want an answer. So even if, if I'm traveling, like today I was traveling and I got an inquiry and I said, I'm just traveling up to see Nikita um, Guys for Brides now in Oxford. But as soon as I get home, I'll respond to you. And that's what they want. So yeah. yeah. Would you say it's a good idea as a couple to talk about the things that are most important to you? I, I think that when you're getting married anyway, you should always discuss, discuss beforehand what's important to you, mm -hmm. you know, and what is the vision for your ceremony. First and foremost, set a budget and try to keep within that. And then discuss the finer points. Do you want religion included? If you do, how much do you want included? Is there somebody in your family that wants to see a particular thing? Mm -hmm. Like, would your grand like to hear the Lord's Prayer at the beginning of the ceremony? Um, or are they okay not to? All of that sort of thing. For your vows, do you want to write personal vows? Or do you want traditional vows? Again, for the more mature members of your family, do they want to hear you say, I do? Mm -hmm. And that sort of thing. But always, always have a frank, open and transparent conversation beforehand. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really start planning a wedding without, no. like, you're not just going to dive in without yeah. a partner's sort of input, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. if they're not helping you plan. Yeah. <laughs> you, you'll be surprised. <laughs> you'll be surprised. I interview my clients. Do you? Yep. And I expect them to interview me. And if they're not happy with me, I expect them to say, and like, um, don't take the book in. Yeah. So... It's, it's not right that we should just take a book in just for the money. Mm -hmm. We should take the book in because we've formed a rapport with that person and we know we can do the best job for them. Yeah, and you can deliver the wedding yeah. that they truly, yeah. truly want. Yeah. So walk me through the process of building that ceremony. Do you have like, um, I know you said that it's not the same for everyone, mm -hmm. but do you have like a set almost template that you can start off? Yes. Okay, yeah. what's that look like? So part of the homework is um, sending, so there are two parts. There's the homework of the logistics, which you spoke about before, and then there's the homework of the ceremony itself. Mm -hmm. 
So the logistics are, who are your parents? Who are your grandparents? Are you having a wedding party? What is the vision that you've got for your ceremony? Are you having live music? Are you having readings? Do you want a ceremony ritual? Um, who is your photographer? Who's your phot videographer? Are you having a planner? Every single little bit of information that you think I'll need, mm -hmm. I ask in that first email. When that comes back, I go through it and then I'll tick off the bits that I'm happy with and then I'll go back and ask <laughs> further questions until we're both happy about what's been said. Mm -hmm. Then for the ceremony self, it's a questionnaire that I send separately to each party and I ask them all about their journey from when they first met up until that point. And then I ask them not to share that and then that's how I write the ceremony. Oh wow, and do you let them read the ceremony beforehand? No, no it's a total surprise. Yeah, so lots of celebrants work in different ways. Mm -hmm. So um, some celebrants will share it with you beforehand. Mm -hmm. I tend not to because I want your emotions to be in that moment. I don't want you to preempt what I'm going to say. I want you to hear that and for your laughter to be genuine and for your tears to be genuine so that we get the emotion from that point. Brilliant. And is yeah. there anything you've seen done at a wedding that you were like, wow, that is, that is incredible. I've never seen that done before. We do ceremony rituals. So I've done a wine blending. Wow. Um, what cocktail. does that involve? So it's when you have two different bottles of wine, uh, maybe a rosé and a white wine, and then you blend them together and the couple drinks from the same cup. So in the same way that their union will never be parted, those wines can no longer be parted. So that's really, really nice. I also quite like a rose ceremony um, when we honour the mums and grandmothers. So the couple will give a rose to each mother and each grandmother and we just talk about how they brought them to this point. But my favourite favourite is a ring warming. So traditionally, um, the rings will be handed out to everybody that's present at the ceremony. I'm a bit dubious about that because <laughs> we don't want rings dropping. There'll be a choker somewhere that says, oh, I've lost the ring and think it's really funny. It's not funny. Um, but what I tend to do is involve the mums in that part. So I love that. I think mm. it's really, really nice. And, um, but there is a tea ceremony, jumping of the broom, breaking of the glass. There are lots of them that we can do. Amazing. So we were talking before we started thinking about recording this episode, we were talking about that scene in Crazy Rich Asians, weren't we? Yes. So Jenny loves that scene in Crazy Rich Asians. I'm yes. sure lots of our listeners and now viewers on YouTube yes. um, will have seen it. Yes, hopefully. What do you love about that and why? I love the fact that whoever plans that just let their imagination just run wild. Because I don't think that you should have boundaries. You're only going to do this once. And I don't think you should have boundaries on what your experience is going to be. Mm -hmm. For me, tell me what you want 
and I'll move mountains to make it happen because my goal is that you will walk away and say, yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. Mm -hmm. My aim is to conduct a wedding on Venus. <laughs> that, that's my aim. I want One to, day. Yeah, I want to reach for the stars and I literally want to have the opportunity to conduct a wedding on Venus. And Walt Disney said, if it's in your imagination, you can bring it to fruition. So for me, just tell us what you want. Let your imagination run wild. It's your ceremony mm. after, all, after all. So don't stop. Yeah, just tell us right. and we'll do it. That's great because I think sometimes you think you might be restricted. Yeah. But that's actually, you know, the benefit of having an independent celebrant yeah. is that you aren't Absolutely, are absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's not like walking into the town hall. No, no, it's, it's just, not. you know. I did a wedding on Blayatan in the Lake District and it was really funny because we got there and we were on a mountain actually and then we heard this car horn honking and honking and I was thinking what's going on here <laughs> and then when we looked around this man had stopped, he was driving past and he'd round the window and said, congratulations! <laughs> and it was just, and it just goes to show that you can have whatever you want, wherever you want, and it is always gonna have a celebration element to it. So yeah, really just go with it and have whatever you please, yeah. Now, you've worked in some of the UK's most prestigious wedding yeah. venues. Um, let's talk like the Savoy, for example. Yeah. You worked there. Yeah. Can you tell us about some of those venues and what it's like to lead ceremonies? Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Everyone has its own ambiance. And I like to write a little bit of the historical facts about the venue that we're in into the ceremonies. Oh, okay. So for the Savoy, I wrote um, I write in about the Hollywood jet set from Frank Sinatra and Elizabeth Taylor going there, having drinks in the cocktail bar. I think that you have a certain mindset when you go to a certain venue. Mm -hmm. So there's the Savoy, Blenheim Palace, Bodleian Library, which is just up the road, mm -hmm. a private pod on the London Eye, mm -hmm. the Wadhurst Castle, where the crown was filmed. Yeah. So many different places. And again, do your research find the place that is good for you, that can fit your budget mm. and you know, and just go with it. Can you tell me, obviously as an independent celebrant, mm -hmm. you must deal with some fusion weddings, or what we yes. like to call fusion weddings, yes. where um, two cultures or two different religions, however yes. you want to say it, yeah. um, the couple comes together. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for couples who might be in that situation, who might want to have some elements of their cultures reflected fairly or um, some special moments that you can you can talk about. So funnily enough, I confirmed a booking just last night with a couple <laughs> and the bride is of Indian heritage and the groom is English and I'm going to wear a sari. Amazing. So, you know, it, it really is, whatever your cultural heritage is, tell us what you want to include and we'll include it 
because um, the two of you are coming together so your two cultures are going to be fused together so why not take the best elements of them put them in your ceremony and just make it a whole thing for everybody that is present wearing the sari is one of my best friends i had to wear a sari to her wedding they are the most comfortable things ever so wearing that that's a part of it you know and if you are religious and your partner is agnostic you may want to have a quote from the bible like 1 corinthians that's a nod to what you would like and it's not too much for your partner right so getting a fine balance is the best thing amazing and yeah. You know, sometimes I think I think it's quite important for us to talk about um, couples in the LGBTQ plus community yes. um, because I think for them particularly, sometimes it can be very difficult to plan a wedding. Yeah, especially with things like readings and poems. Sometimes having gendered language, yes, which can be quite difficult to then choose because all the yeah. most well known and things your parents might recognise, yeah, end up being not appropriate for you yeah so do you have any advice for those couples or are you able to help them find the kinds of readings and poems and songs that might be more yeah. appropriate so i think that you should have whatever you choose mm -hmm. and when you're looking for a celebrant do your research like really do your homework check their um their websites obviously look at their Google reviews, see who they've married before, and see the people that they've married before. If those people reflect what you want, then you know you're onto a good one. Don't just go with the first person you see. Mm -hmm. Have a chat with them, have a chat with several. I always recommend that you have a chat with three or four. Tell them beforehand, that you've got a particular preference of what you want. So if you are part of the LGBTQ community, then say that. If that person gives you like a answer mm -hmm. or response, they're not the person for you, yeah. you know, and you will know straight away. But for readings, there are thousands. There are thousands. If anybody says to you, Oh, that's going to be difficult they're not the person for you yeah there are loads of songs that you can walk up the aisle to or not and even for heterosexual um couples or for brides i should say i always ask the question do you want me to say who gives this woman to be married to this man because you might not want that mm. so yeah do your research find the person for you just like you found the love of your life find the celebrant that's going to be good for you. Absolutely. I think there's there's certain uh, suppliers who will be really crucial to actually like yes. to have your wedding yes. and actually be able to get on with the celebrant yeah. is one of them. Photographer is another because yeah. you spend a lot of the day with them. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I think it is actually having conversations. What are some of the things you want couples to know as a benefit of having a celebrant? The benefits... We are telling, like the absolute benefit is we are telling your story. We're not telling, because your story is unique, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not telling anybody else's story. When your guests leave a celebrant wedding, they will know that it is your wedding that they have been to. 
what they will remember most of all is the ceremony not what you wore and not what was eaten at the mm. reception for me that's the most important thing and um, it's really important for us to put across that love story mm. and that journey so that when you see it back whether it's on the video or on the um, on your photographs you'll see those poignant moments and you'll see the laughter and the tears and all of the emotion that you've been through. A registry marriage lasts for about between 7 and 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. Ours last for at least 30 minutes, depending on the content you've got. Right. Do you want readings? Yeah. Have as many readings as you want. Do you want live music? Have as much live music as <laughs> you want. Do you want your family involved? Have everybody involved or nobody involved? Do you want religion? Have religion involved if you want to. So I'm an independent celebrant right. and so can do that. Um, so just have whatever you want and we'll make it happen. And do you find that there <clears throat> is like a sweet spot for a couple? Some people find the vows to be their sweet spot. Some people find the exchange of rings to be their sweet pot spot. Some people, it's the signing of the um, certificate. It's different, we're all unique. Mm. So it's different for everybody, I'd say. Um, some people will turn around and see their mums crying and then they'll go. And I've normally got a clean tissue up my sleeve <laughs> somewhere. To hand to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's different for everybody. For me, it's doing a ceremony and when you catch sight of the dads, funnily enough, uh -huh. and they've got tears streaming down their face, and it's normally the dads of the grooms. And then afterwards when they say, you know, thank you for what you did for either my son or my daughter, um, that's really memorable for me. And it's always when couples are taking their vows and it's as though the air is sucked from the room and it's just the two of them and they're just reciting the promises that they want to make to each other. Of course they keep it clean because normally mums and dads and grandparents are there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, that's the best bit for me, I would say. What is the most rewarding part for you about being a celebrant? <sighs> Tough one, I know. Um, I think it's giving them a ceremony that's not a cookie cutter. Right. I think it's not them being sent something and having to choose which one am I going to say. I think it's them, when they answer the questionnaire and they've gone back over their relationship and they've remembered things that, that you know, with annals of time, they've forgotten and the, the memories come flooding back. I think it's seeing that realization when they hear the script and then they look at each other and they think, how did you remember that? And that's sort of, for me, that's it. It's the emotion of it, yeah. Oh, so, so, that, it, that makes it sound so romantic. If you want a celebrant that's gonna make your ceremony sound <laughs> incredibly romantic yeah. and make your love story come to life, it's Jennifer. 
Jenny, thank you so much You're for welcome. coming to the podcast today and being yeah. our very first recorded podcast Woo-woo. for YouTube. <laughs> per- the perfect person to bring in for that. She always looks immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of uh, what you offer, do you want to run through for, for the couples who are listening yeah. the kind of thing that you offer as a celebration? Yep, so I do two packages, mm-hmm. standard and premium. Um, I will go anywhere you want. I do destination weddings. If you want just the two of you for an elopement ceremony, then let's just go. I will literally go wherever you want, do whatever you want. And just to make sure that you have the ceremony you always dreamt of but never knew you could have. That's what I'll do. You can find Jenny's listing on Guides for Brides uh, linked in the show notes on guidesforbrides.co.uk and we'll put it in the caption below as well. Jenny, once again, thank you thank so you. much for joining us on Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Thank it's you. Been an absolute pleasure thank talking you. to you. Um, last but not least, what is your best advice for couples who are planning their wedding right now? Get a celebrant. <laughs> it's got to be the way. That's got to be the way. It's the way forward. Thanks, guys. Have a lovely rest of your day and happy wedding planning. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Head over to guidesforbrides.co.uk to continue your wedding planning. And don't forget to like, follow and subscribe on our social media channels at Guides for Brides.